The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, December 15th. I'm Terry Arango with my guest, Daniel Fiella, author of Out of the Darkness, The Fiella Family's Journey to Recover Their Autistic Son. Daniel, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Even though your wife, Ruth, had a Rogam shot and your son Matthew had vaccines, Matthew seemed to be developing all right up until... Between one and two years old. Right, he had uh, six words. He was engaging. He was uh, he was coming along nicely. What other types of things was he doing? Uh, everything a typical uh, child would do: uh, uh, throwing the ball, and, and uh, he started to try, try to walk and such like that. How did he eat? How did he socialize with other people? He was uh, very engaging, uh, always uh, affectionate, and then. Uh, just as a uh, trying to talk and, and uh, walk and and everything, so we we saw no problems. We didn't think of any issues or anything like that. It wasn't until uh, until after he got the uh, a, a, a chickenpox vaccine. Okay, so he got the chickenpox vaccine, and then what happened? Um, he started to withdraw. He he lost the uh, the six wor- words he had, and uh, then uh, he just started going to his own little world. Um, at that time, my wife was uh, in and out of the hospital uh, for uh, breast cancer, so she thought it was just how he was uh, dealing with uh, uh, my wife always being gone in the hospital and such. But I thought there was a little something, a little more. Uh, it was just, uh, it was just kind of like night and day, where he just kind of just went right, went right into his own little world. So his developing speech declined. What happened to his appetite? Um, he really didn't eat anything but uh, crispy bacon. Uh, he, he he didn't want to eat anything. Uh, he didn't uh, care if we were in the room or, or anything. Uh, it was one day uh, when I noticed a real problem. I actually thought he was deaf at one point. Uh, I was at the family gathering, and uh, my brother came in the house, and the wind took the door and it slammed, and everyone jumped but my son. <laughs> and uh, we all noticed it, and uh, I thought he was actually deaf. And that's why he was withdrawing into his own little world. And how old was he then? Uh, I want to say around uh, uh, 14 months, uh, 12, 14 months area. Mm-hmm. Well, what were the doctors telling you about Matthew? Uh, well, we had the hearing test at All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida, and he passed the hearing test. And then they just said, that, you know, he's a boy. Uh, boys are slower and stubborn, uh, so not to worry. And uh, we just kept on watching him, and, and uh, my wife, uh, you know, got out of the hospital and, and 
she was watching him, looking at him. And we just kept on going back to the, the Alchison Hospital. Then they said, uh, you know, maybe he's uh, just a little delayed. And then I, uh, around 18 to uh, 22 months, uh, we really tried to pin the, the doctors down. And uh, we wanted to know, why is our, our son uh, uh, acting differently? Why, why is he looking at the corner of his eyes? Why is, why is he lining stuff up? And uh, what's going on? Uh, he's, this is not delayed. And uh, then that's when they told us, uh, you know, he had autism. Uh, they thought he had autism, PDD, NOS. I bet your wife uh, probably had an intuition that he wasn't deaf. Had he ever acted deaf before? Right, right. She didn't think he, he was deaf. I, I, I thought he was deaf, uh, but uh, she didn't think so. And uh, I guess she thought it was something more serious. She didn't want to let, let on to me, but uh, and then when they passed the hearing test, I was even more concerned. Well, what is this? Why is he doing this? So your wife had had Rogam and, and Matthew had had some other childhood shots, but still he was developing speech and doing puzzles and having a good appetite with a variety of foods and being sociable. Um, and right. then when was it that you... Uh, Gave that chicken pox shot? Uh, I want to say around uh, 12 uh, or 13 months. And you're thinking that, and you're, you're saying that that is when you really noticed the decline? Yes. Yeah. Right. Did the doctors, yeah, so the doctors were telling you boys are just stubborn and, and right. such. I, I wonder if that was the case uh, back in decades ago. I wonder if they thought all boys were stubborn back then or something, or if. This is an epidemic of stubbornness or something. Right, right. And uh, and uh, I had uh, we, we didn't want to vaccinate in the beginning, and uh, and uh, the pediatrician uh, told us, uh, well, if you won't uh, see your child, uh, you have to take him to another pediatric office. So the the pediatrician actually told you that you would your son would be refused routine medical care if you didn't get vaccines. Right, that they said that their, their office would not uh, see a child that did not get vaccines, so you would have to find another uh, uh, pediatrician. What about school? Did they say anything about school? Yeah, they, they told us that you couldn't go to daycare or schools and such like that. Was that true? And, and I didn't know that all you had to do in the state of Florida was get a, a personal waiver at that time. I didn't find out that until years later that all you had to go to is the, the, the county uh, office and sign a personal waiver saying that you believe it, not even a religious uh, uh, waiver, just uh, you didn't believe in it, and all they would actually do if there was an outbreak just to keep your child home, and why wouldn't you want to keep your child home if there was an outbreak anyway, so you just signed that waiver and you didn't have to have uh, get vaccinated in the state of Florida, but I didn't know that back then, so I called up other pediatricians' offices, and they all said the same thing, we don't want to see you if, you, if you're not going to get vaccines, and then uh, my wife uh, and I felt kind of a little hopeless at the time, like, what are we going to do, so... So we go. So we we said, all right, well, we'll space it out. They want six vaccines in one day. We'll give two. And we'll come back a few months later. So we spaced the, the vaccines out. And we made sure they were the, the mercury-free, uh, supposedly mercury-free vaccines. So when was it finally that the doctors or somebody uh, gave an autism diagnosis? Around uh, 18 to 22 months, uh, we pinned down the, the doctor at the Alchemist Hospital. And we, we said so we want to answer why is he doing all these uh, strange things? Why is he lining things up? Why is he looking at the corner of his eye? Why does he have no appetite now? Why? And then that's when she said, uh, 
that we believe he has autism, PDD, NOS, pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. Which therapies or early interventions did you start with first? Uh, speech and OT. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they they did nothing. Uh, they helped nothing at all. And then it wasn't uh, until uh, my wife read this book, uh, Out the, uh, Let Me Hear Your Voice, uh, and it talked about ABA therapy. And uh, we went to uh, the All Children's because she, she ran the early intervention program, and we asked to get the ABA therapy. And they go, no, we don't, we don't uh, provide ABA therapy not in the state of Florida. So we argued back and forth, and uh, we wanted 40 hours because that's what they said was needed. They go, we're not going to give you 40 hours, uh, but we ended up talking them into at least two hours. Mm. And then with the two hours, uh, he started making some progress. He started saying some, uh, a few words, and uh, he was able to give high fives then. So we, so we showed us uh, some success, and he was turning three, and he was about to go into the school system, the pre-K. Mm-hmm. So we went back to All Children's Hospital and asked her, uh, the doctor if she could tell them to uh, had them uh, do ABA in the schools. And she goes, well, since uh, your child's improving with ABA, uh, I must have diagnosed him wrong, uh, so I would actually take it away from you right now. Huh. Uh, but uh, since uh, he, he's going to go into the school system in a, in a month, I'll just let you have it and let, let it run its course, but I will not uh, tell the school system to uh, d- to do it. Gee, I wonder if kids get cancer and they're giving them something and the kids are improving, they're saying, well, the child's improving, I must have diagnosed them wrong. Here, let's take the therapy away. Exactly. Because this, this doctor uh, believed that there was no uh, recovery from autism. and She, she even told me to, uh, in the future, be ready to institutionalize them. Uh, so uh, if the child was recovering, she, she said, oh, I must have diagnosed them incorrectly. So we ended up paying the, the therapist ourselves the two hours once he went into the school system. And it was uh, $35 an hour back then. And then we just watched the therapist and did the rest on, on our own. Well, that's part of the problem with people not realizing that uh, the diagnosis of autism has biological underpinnings is that they'll just think they diagnosed them wrong in the beginning. Right. So, so the school that Matthew went to, did they believe that children could recover? Um, it was just a regular uh, public school and uh, and. Uh, not really. We, we actually toured about the four or five schools in the area uh, where we lived just to make sure we got the right uh, school. And I actually sat in the classroom for like a week. <laughs> the teacher even asked, Miss Fale, are you going home? <laughs> well, not until I feel comfortable with you yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, and then uh, we didn't get a really good response, and then Matthew started throwing up every day when he went to the class. And uh, so we ended up pulling him out of there and... Uh, one that uh, there was a, a woman that came to our house in the early intervention program. We 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 remember that she was a school teacher, so uh, we felt comfortable with her, and she did well with him. So we ended up bringing him to that school, even though uh, it wasn't one of our zone schools. We uh, like, made some phone calls and got him in there, and uh, you know we, we were comfortable. But then at the end of the of the first year, uh, pre K, we asked, well, what what teacher is he going to go into uh, next? What classroom? She's all. I'll probably have him for the next five years. I go really. Uh, and what what kind of uh, studies he's going next year? Oh, we'll probably go with the same stuff uh, that we went this year. You know, autistic kids they forget uh, once uh, they go on break, uh, they lose it all. So we have to retrain them. It's amazing uh, how uniform the the uh, BS is across 
the country uh, and such. We're all hearing similar things from our pediatricians and school systems and such. Right. So let's summarize. You thought, oh, let's summarize when we come back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymatica. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Daniel Fiella, author of Out of the Darkness, The Fiella Family's Journey to Recover Their Autistic Son. It also has a foreword by J.B. Handley, the co-founder of Generation Rescue. Daniel, before I forget to ask, how does one obtain a copy of this book? Um, you can go to uh, Amazon.com, and uh, it's uh, online there. Okay. Before we went to break, we were just about to summarize why you and your wife, Ruth, thought that Matthew had autism? What were the signs and symptoms? Sure. Uh, he uh, was lining things up. He lost his uh, uh, words that he had. Uh, his uh, his appetite uh, went to uh, almost nothing. Um, slapping his hands. The only thing he, he really did uh, keep was uh, showing affection. He did give my wife kisses after the chemotherapy sessions and such like that. But everything else, looking out of the corner of his eye, uh, that all the symptoms of autism were there. I seem to remember something from your book, though, that when Ruth would enter the room, he wouldn't even notice. Right, right. But that started happening. Just that when uh, she was really sick on the couch, he would go over and kiss her at times. Mm -hmm. And then that stopped. Uh, But uh, as far as at times, he didn't care if we were in the room. He just played it by himself. Mm -hmm. Right. How did the public react to Matthew? Well, uh, as autistic kids, they don't have any physical uh, symptoms, so uh, they look normal. So uh, You mean physical uh, appearance? Right, physical appearance, so mm-hmm. that they just think they're spoiled kids. So well, when... Uh, you've would, been describing uh, such a... It sounds like a sedate child, but what what was happening out outdoors that was different in stores and such? Well, I can remember one incident when we went to the doctor's office for my wife, and um, it was kind of crowded in, in the... Uh, 
in the waiting room. My son liked to run back and forth uh, from one side of the room to the other and, and flapping his hands. And he made some some noises as he ran back and forth. He, it really uh, it got him excited, you know, made him happy when he ran back and forth to one side of the room to the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, then one gentleman uh, looks over to me and my wife and said, uh, I have a belt if you need it. Uh, so uh, that kind of uh, really upset me. I stood up and I said, oh, really? I said, that's great. Give me the belt because I'm going to use it on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my wife grabbed me and she says, oh, he's joking. I said, I said, he doesn't know me from Adam. I said, he's, there's nothing for him to joke about. He apologized, put the paper in front of his face, so he, I, he, he didn't, uh, I didn't have to look at him. But uh, they thought the kids were like that are spoiled. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, when he was in public, he liked to run uh, run a little bit, and that would make him happy. Mm-hmm. When did you and Ruth first hear that recovery was possible? I was on the Internet uh, late at night, and uh, I saw some, uh, a news story about uh, a doctor, uh, Dr. Mary Mason, uh, appearing before Congress. And uh, she actually was talking about uh, that she believed that autistic kids can be recovered. And it was the first time I, I, I heard that. Uh, I always believed that my wife did, but we we felt very alone. So uh, I ended up waking my wife up. I said, "Can you believe this? There's a doctor, a parent before Congress, and actually believes that kids can uh, actually recover." And we got so excited. I said, "We have to go out there and see her." So that was certainly something to be excited about. Not only hearing that children diagnosed with autism can recover, but that it was Dr. Megson. I I think at one time she was said to have the most recovered kids in her practice. So what did Dr. Megson's testing reveal? Uh, Testing revealed that Matthew had uh, high levels of lead and arsenic and elevated levels of mercury. Mm -hmm. And what did she recommend for all of this? Um, uh, She put him on uh, uh, vitamin A, uh, MB12, cod liver oil, uh, vitamin C, melatonin, B6, and such. Uh, Matthew had... uh, silver fillings in his mouth, and she suggested that we find someone to uh, take out the, those fillings because we couldn't do any uh, type of uh, normal chelation. It only had to be natural chelation because of the silver fillings in his mouth. And that was a difficult time to find a dentist that would take the silver fillings out. Well, we've, we've just touched upon a lot of things here, so I, I need to remind our audience that um, every you know every child is different and that while there are, you know, uh, similar things that have helped lots of the children, it's really important to uh, do any significant uh, biological, biomedical intervention under the oversight of a physician experienced in the real underlying physiological roots of autism and the treatments and um, get that regular uh, medical oversight and objective laboratory testing. Right. So that's one thing. And um, you also mentioned uh, amalgam fillings, the silver amalgam fillings, and there are dentists, uh, that environmental dentists, biological dentists, who will remove these in a more safe manner than conventional dentistry. Right. So uh, you want to consider looking for one of those types of dentists. And then you mentioned two different kinds of chelation. Right. It, it, yeah, it took us about a year to find that dentist. So in the meantime, we did uh, natural chelation. I think the product was uh, NFF or something like that. It was a natural uh, N- chelation. NBF? 
NDF it could yeah it could have been it was an, it was a natural chelator because we couldn't do any any type of heart chelation. Well, mention mention to us again how the natural chelation is different than using uh, certain pharmaceutical types, or and why you needed to do that, and how it uh, how it works. Yeah, we we couldn't use the pharmaceutical type because the silver fillings it would uh, pulled out all of the, his silver fillings and, and put it um, the, the mercury throughout his whole body and such like that. So the natural ones supposed to just absorb the uh, the mercury. Uh, as it was pulling out, so it doesn't let it go to different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. Until you get the silver fillings out, really natural uh, chelation is the only type you really can do. High vitamin C, uh, vitamin A for his, so he wouldn't look at the corner of his eyes and such like that. And that, and looking at the corner of his eyes all improved after uh, after the cod liver oil and the vitamin A and such like that. Okay, what is it about looking out of the sides of the eyes? Why do the kids with autism do that? Um, I think Mason talks about how the kids uh, only see in a type of box, and uh, that's the way uh, they uh, they they see the world kind of better in looking at the sides of their eyes and such. So uh, it was really different for us, uh, and uh, it was uh, a little overwhelming to uh, understand it, but we dove right into it. Okay, and that was why is it important to get the type of vitamin A that was in the the natural vitamin A that was in the cod liver oil? Um, that would help with uh, the eyesight and such. Um, my wife handled the, the supplement part of the, the autism. We kind of broke it down where I would do uh, different types of therapies and Ruth would help with the supplements and uh, she followed what Dr. Mary Mason uh, suggested and uh, and we started seeing results. Okay, great. Um and again, uh, for anyone out there listening, it's important that when you're using fish oil um, that you make sure it's been screened for heavy metal contaminants and such. Um, Daniel, I looked up on the web what I think you were talking about, and this isn't a plug. I'm just clarifying, I hope, what you were talking about. And uh, it looks like there are products called NDF and NDF+. Plus. So yes. It was, it was NDF Plus, I believe it was. Okay. Were the, did you institute, implement any dietary changes? Like some people do GFCF, some people take out preservatives and dyes and things right. like that. What yeah, we did the, the GFCF uh, diet, and uh, we did it for uh, a month or two, and we really didn't see any uh, progress with that. So uh, we, we didn't uh, do that long term. Well, I, I know that um, some people probably stick with it, Longer than that, in, right. in order to to see results with that. But did, did you do anything else, like take out preservatives or dyes or go organic or? Uh, as much as we could afford to go organic, but uh, we didn't really focus too much. After trying the GFCF diet for a couple months and seeing nothing, uh, we really didn't uh, pursue it. Granted, he doesn't eat uh, candy and such like that, and he doesn't drink. Uh, he drinks a uh, very little amount of soda, and if he does drink any now. Mm-hmm. All right. So after you did those things, like you implemented the supplements, vitamin A, cod liver oil, uh, methyl B12, and B6, and uh, did you use melatonin? Didn't you things like melatonin and milk thistle and? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, melatonin is to help him sleep at night. Mm-hmm. 
did, the, did these things decrease his hyperactivity or um, help him cope better in stores, increase his focus? Um, yeah, so the hyper and the behaviors, they seem to help somewhat. But still, still autistic behavior, but it was a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. So the next big thing you did was? Hyperbaric therapy. It was about a year later. We we kept on doing. We did follow up calls with uh, Dr. Makes and and such like that. And it was about a year later. We still kind of still felt hopeless. Like is something really going to reach him? Is something really going to make him come into our own world? And then she sent a, us an email saying that she was getting into hyperbarics. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife left it on my desk. And I, I asked my wife, "What's this?" She says, yeah, people are having some success with it, but it's really expensive, so I didn't want to bother you with it. So I started looking up about it, and I said, oh, we got to do this. And then I, I ended up finding a doctor in Florida, Dr. Rosenau, and then that was the first time where I realized that Dr. Mary Mason wasn't by herself. There was actually other doctors out there who believed in recovery. And uh, so uh, we actually uh, called up his office, and uh, we went to uh, rent out the uh, the chamber, the soft chamber, for two weeks in his office to try it out, see if it would work. What's the difference between a soft chamber and a chamber that's not soft? A uh, soft chamber is at one point. It's actually 1.27. They rounded up to 1.3 uh, APAs. It's uh, with an enriched oxygen from an oxygen concentrator. Unlike a hard hyperbaric chamber and a steel chamber, uh, you could do 1.3, but usually they, they start out at 1.5 ATA atmosphere absolute with 100% oxygen. Uh, some uh, clinics have uh, oxygen throughout their whole chamber, and others, like Dr. Rosenau, has it in, in a hood. Uh, a little more safer that there's not 100% oxygen throughout the whole chamber. To our listeners, um, we have done some recent interviews about hyperbaric oxygen therapy right here on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. I'd say within like the last couple of months, um, October, November, December-ish. Um, and if you'd like more information about uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which has been used safely with multitudes of people for many conditions for decades and decades, please listen to those interviews. But let's get back to um, talking with Daniel about this. So, you said that Dr. Rosignol also believed in recovery and Dr. Megson wasn't alone. It's, it's really something how the media tries to skewer our kids' uh, doctors and researchers and, and make everybody feel isolated and alone. But there are many doctors who believe that uh, children with autism can have their symptoms improve. Uh, recovery is possible. And um, right. exactly. why don't you tell us what Dr. Rosignol saw? So, uh, so we rented the uh, uh, time for the chamber, and uh, within the, the the first few days to a week, um, we started seeing uh, a progress. He started saying uh, full sentences, and uh, and we knew that it, we ended up actually even we didn't even do the full two weeks because once we saw the, the progress that it actually worked for Matthew, we stopped and we knew we had to buy one, and. Uh, we uh, raised up. That was in uh, December of uh, '06, when we, November, December, and then we ended up purchasing our, our soft chamber. Okay, uh, we'll pick up with this when we come back from break. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. Talking more about HBOT with Daniel Fowler when we come back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health and Wellness. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Daniel Fala, author of Out of the Darkness. And before the break, Daniel, we were talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy and how that got Matthew to start speaking in sentences. Did Dr. Rosignol see a similar thing with one of his sons? Right. Uh, he has two uh, sons that have autism, and uh, one of his sons started uh, talking more, interacting. Uh, Dr. Rosignol talked about he, uh, there was a gate. He goes, uh, the son said, open gate, please, and such like that. And he also had spec scans of other patients and showing how the, the brain changes on, with hyperbaric therapy. What's a spec scan, S-P-E-C-T? Yeah, it's kind of more, more a little invasive, more, more, uh, shows more than a, a normal MRI or a CAT scan. And it shows the functioning uh, blood flow, flow of the brain mm-hmm. and uh, shows the areas that don't have blood flow and such. Right, hypoperfusion, so that's areas of the brain that aren't getting as much of it. So for your son, Matthew, okay, you and you and Bruce were just wrestling, how, how are we going to afford this, as so many parents do, but it wasn't even two weeks of the hyperbaric oxygen therapy yet, and Ruth was sitting in the car, Matthew in the back, she was on the phone with you, and what happened? And he asked if that was Pop on the phone, and he wanted to talk to me and such. You know, she had a pullover. She was uh, in tears, and uh, it was really a, a powerful moment. 
And that's when you knew you needed to continue with hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Right, and we needed to purchase our own. What's the theory behind hyperbaric oxygen therapy briefly and some of the other conditions it's been shown to help? Sure. Uh, hyperbaric, it promotes uh, the growth of new blood vessels and decreases uh, swellings of inflammation. Uh, it deactivates and clears toxins and uh, metabolic, and metabolic uh, waste, improves uh, the healing rate uh, and ability to uh, fight infection. It's been around since 1662, and people don't realize that. There's a whole history of hyperbaric therapy in use. They used to even do uh, heart surgery in a hyperbaric chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 1956, cardiac surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, even the University of Pennsylvania has shown that it increases your own stem cells from your bone marrow to mobilize by 800%. Mm-hmm. Granted, that study was at 2.8 ATAs, but they also believe that the lower pressure does stimulate it somewhat. So describe a hyperbaric session. You and your child walk into the office and... Right, and in a soft chamber, you get into a, kind of like a, a bag, and you zip it up, and it starts uh, pressurizing. Try to put a, a mask on them with enriched oxygen, and then uh, it'll start pressurizing. And just like uh, in, a, in a plane, you know, you'll try to pop your ears because uh, uh, you'll feel that you'll feel the pressure in your ears. But it's only going to 1.3 in a soft chamber, and uh, there's many windows, about four, or five windows. So a person felt uh, claustrophobic. There are windows where you could see and such. Mm-hmm. And you could adjust uh, the, the pressurizing to your own uh, speed so you, if, you don't have to go so fast. You know what's striking me is really ironic, Daniel? Mm-hmm. It's really something like you're talking about hyperbaric oxygen being around since 1662. Um, it's been used in medicine in this country for decades. and chelation's been around for ages and but the powers that be a lot of the mainstream powers that be try to make us you know all seem like we're wacko try to marginalize right. the, the kids families and also the doctors and researchers who have the courage and integrity to serve them and um a lot of these pharmaceutical drugs haven't have just been around like a uh, a twinkle in time as compared to these other things that are then labeled alternative and they try to you know make us look like we're all wacko or something isn't yeah, that ironic it's very sad because yeah, it was a british physician uh named henshaw that uh first came up with hyperbaric therapy and he showed that it helped uh, the, the the gi system the, the digestive uh in 1879 uh in france they did 20 surgical procedures in a, in a pressurized chamber mm-hmm. um, in 1891 uh in new york they treated nervous disorders um, in 1928, they had a 62-foot steel uh, hyperbaric ball that had five floors and 60 bedrooms. They actually demolished it for, for the meadows for World War II, but there's countless uh, of surgical procedures uh, throughout uh, uh, history how we used it. It was beneficial, but you can't pressurize. You can't patent oxygen. You can't patent pressure. So you, anyone can really uh, make a hyperbaric chamber, so it's hard to uh, make money on it. Mm. Well... Let's uh, let me, if I may, just uh, interrupt you there with the that the anybody can do this part. We we like to tell our listeners, um, even though these things have been around for a long time, please make sure that you're doing um, this, which is a significant intervention. Again, under the oversight of an experienced physician, experienced clinic, um, who knows how to do all of this, you know, safely. Right. What gains did you see in this with Matthew? 
so he started talking more. He actually started to socialize more. He wanted to go play with other kids in the, in the playground. Excellent. Uh, he, he didn't really know how his own little personal space and such, but he kind of uh, overwhelmed some of the kids. But at least he, he was trying now. He, was, he wanted to socialize. He wanted to play. Uh-huh. He wasn't jumping off the furniture uh, as much. So he was more sociable, especially with kids, because I know right. that with children diagnosed with autism, sometimes they're still, as you said, affectionate to their parents, and then uh, mainstream medical professionals think, oh, well, they couldn't have autism. But it's that being sociable with other kids that's really key. And then you're describing that he was calmer and that his speech improved. How was his following direction? Uh, it, it, it improved. It gotten better. So we were just excited by it. So and that's why we, uh, by February of uh, 07, we, we purchased our own chamber. Mm-hmm. And we started to uh, do one month on, one month off. Mm-hmm. We tried to do uh, three hours a day uh, with a six to ten hour window. What What are you talking about there? Like you do it for an hour or so and then you take a break for a certain amount of time and then do it again? Right. Right, about an hour, hour and a half, and then uh, take a break, and then later on in the day, go back in it. Mm-hmm. Some days, you know, life is busy, and you only get to do uh, an hour. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but you do it uh, so many sessions, 90 sessions, and then take three or four weeks off. You mentioned um, something about a relationship between hyperbaric oxygen therapy and stem cells. Right. The University of Pennsylvania has shown that it mobilizes the stem cells out of your bone marrow. To uh, by 800 percent, and that study was done at uh, two point ATAs. But, What's uh, ATA? Atmosphere is absolute. Okay. And uh, but Dr. Rosal and other doctors believe that the lower pressure does stimulate stem cells. They don't know how much, uh, and of course not 800 percent, but uh, it, it does have a stem cell effect. At this point, what were the reports from Matthew's school like? What were they seeing with Matthew? He was raising his hand. He was trying to participate in the uh, classroom. Did his diagnosis improve, too? Um, well, they, uh, Florida schools really do, don't really do too much testing. Um, once we had one testing, it's not they didn't go back and, and try to change it on us. But uh, they, they, they saw progress. They, the teacher was surprised and asked, what, what are you doing for, uh, what are you doing, whatever it is, keep doing it. Oh, good. So she didn't know you were doing hyperbaric, but she noticed improvements and actually asked you, what are you doing? Don't stop right. whatever you're doing? Right. Cool. Okay. Did hyperbaric, I know sometimes the parents get in chambers with their kids. Did hyperbaric also help you and Ruth? Yeah, it, it helped me. Uh, I used to have to wear a knee brace on uh, my knee, and uh, I don't have to wear a knee brace anymore. I had some uh, back pain, and uh, that all went away as well. Oh, very nice. Yeah, you know what? I know another mom in Florida who used hyperbaric and it helped her back. Yeah. It takes away inflammation. It's, uh, it's really uh, beneficial to uh-huh. the body. We live in an oxygen-deprived atmosphere at 20.9% of oxygen. When, once upon a time, it was at, at 40%. And the oxygen puts it into the blood plasma and the bones and gets to the areas where the blood vessels can't carry the oxygen to. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I interviewed Dr. Uh, Lauren Underwood, and she describes this in in great detail. Right. uh, Yeah, so uh, we may need to go to break in a few seconds here, but tell us about stem cells. What's the difference between embryonic and adult stem cells? Does that mean how old the donor is, and 
What's the theory behind adult stem cells helping? Sure. Adult stem cells is not uh, the age of the person or the donor. Uh, once you're born, uh, all your cells in your body are considered adult, and they get adult stem cells from your, from your bone marrow or your fat. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, there's core blood stem cells, which is the youngest uh, of the, besides embryonic. That's uh, really uh, very potent. Okay, so there's embryonic stem cells, which is an embryo in, from the embryo, and then there's cord blood stem cells, which is from the cord, and then right. there's adult stem cells, which is every place else from a right. person who's already born. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's a stem cell? Stem cells is a is a cell in the body that could actually change into any tissue cell in the body. Like a CD34 and mesokinol CD34 is a vascular stem cell. It creates blood vessels in the, in the body and, uh, and creates, uh, which brings oxygen to uh, damaged areas. The mesokinol stem cell is a, really a superstar stem cell. It changes into cartilage, bone, tissue, uh, neurons uh, in the brain. There's many different studies uh, showing uh, in the University of Tel Aviv. They're using mesokinol stem cell to repair the human brain, uh, and they're also... Uh, using it for stroke patients to bring back the, the, the brain. So the mesokinol stem cell is a superstar of the stem cell, and also CD34 is a, is a great stem cell as well. These all, there are other ones of uh, CD133 and such like that. Okay. And how do they assure a compatible match? Well, with core blood, uh, it, it's not a, a strict compatible match. Um, it's unlike uh, bone marrow. Uh, core blood doesn't really have to be matched, especially mesokinal stem cells really don't have to be matched. But they try to get as close as possible. They take uh, six to uh, ten vials of blood, and they uh, match it to the the best, uh, closest uh, type. Mm-hmm. Was Matthew the first child with autism to try stem cell therapy? No, there was a there was a family in South Florida, uh, a girl who uh, who did it, and uh, they wrote a. Uh, uh, peer review paper on her, and we actually met the family, and uh, we got to spend a, a day with them on uh, New Year's Eve, on uh, just before we went and did it. It was uh, December thirty first, two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. By February of '08, we were down doing it ourselves. But Matthew was one of the first, maybe in the top five. I believe there was a, also another boy in Texas that uh, was the second child. Mm-hmm. So you were mentioning CD34 cells. Why did you think that that was... Oh, we'll pick up with this when we come back from break. Okay. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on 
on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten, and Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. You've read the books, listened to the CDs, and gone to the workshops to learn spirituality. Now there's a way to help you live it every single day. The Spiritual Workout with Stephen Morrison. Call with any issue at all and Stephen will passionately help you see which of 15 universally spiritual concepts apply to your circumstance and how. Practice every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Spiritual Workout on 7th Wave Network. It's a practical path to a happier, more peaceful, and richer life experience. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Daniel Fiala, author of Out of the Darkness, The Fiala Family's Journey to Recover Their Autistic Son, which Daniel tells us can be purchased through Amazon. And Daniel, you were particularly intrigued by, you said, CD34 stem cells. Why? Exactly. Because the hyperbaric uh, therapy was making such a, a great success for Matthew. He was improving with it. And uh, from the paper of the University of Pennsylvania showing that it was actually the CD34 stem cell that was mobilized from the bone marrow into the body, well, I figured that Hyberis was doing so great. What well, if we got millions and millions and millions of CD34 injected into him? How great, how, how much more he would improve if he got that. So I really went after the CD34 stem cell Were at stem that time. Were stem cells the only intervention you used when you introduced it? Right. Uh, the, in February of 08, it was, uh, I only asked for the CD34 stem cell to be injected, mm-hmm. as well uh, as in uh, June or July, uh, was also only uh, C34. Uh, it wasn't until November of 08 that I, I, I introduced a different type of stem cell, the mesocline stem cell. You know, I guess it would be pretty important to let people know um, where uh, Matthew was treated with this so that uh, people don't uh, end up being frustrated trying to look around here. Sure. It was it was in a clinic in uh, Costa Rica. Uh, the clinic is uh, called ICM, uh, and they can find the website uh, uh, cellularmedicine.com. Uh, the parent company of the clinic is in San Diego, California, uh, run by uh, MedStem Pharmaceutical, and they have a clinic in Costa Rica and also in Panama, Panama now. So you were describing some improvements. What did you, Ruth, and Matthew's school see? So uh, he, his bedwetting uh, immediately uh, st- stopped. His uh, exercise-induced asthma went away, and uh, he started to uh, understand language. Well, he had language, but uh, it seemed like he couldn't. When we talked to him, he, he didn't get it. 
and then he started to understand the language. And, uh, and then we were able to start taking him to the, the movies, and he was able to sit for two hours to watch a movie because he actually understood the movie. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, we just think our kids can't sit through the movie, but that's a pretty important thing to understand that maybe they were never understanding the movie before anyway. Right, it was just noise to them. Yeah, an uncomfortable noise at that. Right. So Matthew was calmer and more alert and sleeping better, stopped his bedwetting, his asthma, was he, and he was understanding concepts, was he reading and more sociable and talking up a storm? Yeah, he started to uh, read better and read more, and, uh, and then that's why we knew we had to do more treatments. He was doing so well. You know, I, I wanted him cured that day, but of course, stem cell is not an injection today and cured tomorrow. It's a, it's a long process. But we went uh, back three or four months later and got more for him. Mm -hmm. His uh, pediatrician even saw a difference, and she was amazed by the uh, pediatrician. Was uh, she? She actually discouraged us from going at first. Said uh, you probably waste your money. There's no, there's no real data to uh, show anything, and uh, so she. But we uh, we went on our own, and we thanked our pediatrician. But we went and did it. Mm -hmm. How is the speech at this point? It, it kept on improving uh, mm -hmm. every month. It kept on improving, and the cells, you know, they work up, up to a year. Uh, so even the, the first treatment was still working, even when we got the second treatment. I just wanted to overload his body with CD34 stem cells to really get to the areas. I believe uh, that was what was going to heal the damaged tissues and stuff. Mm -hmm. His uh, immune system improved. Mm -hmm. I understand that you've also tried silver. What's that? Uh, uh, colloidal silver. Uh, it's shown to kill 650 uh, pathogens in the body. It's not going to turn you blue, as uh, was shown on Good Morning America. At least not the silver I use. I use a medical-grade silver. And uh, the silver that the gentleman used was a silver salt or a silver protein. He actually made his own. And Ooh. he actually drank it like a gallon of it. Uh, Matthew only uh, took about one teaspoon to three teaspoons, and it was a medical-grade silver. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been around for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. uh, you get the saying, uh, born with a silver spoon in your mouth, comes from... Uh, the 14th century, the wealthy Europeans would have their newborn babies suck on a silver spoon so they wouldn't get sick with the plague. Your silverware, forks, knives, plates, comes from uh, the uh, 19th century where the doctors would prescribe uh, the wealthy elite to eat off those types so it would kill the bacteria in the food. So silver has been used throughout history. is only when the pharmaceutical age where we got into penicillin and antibiotics and it started to uh, go away. Yeah, and then they try to denigrate these other things too, right? Yeah. And if you read the book, uh, the Body Electric, uh, Doctor uh, Robert Be Becker from the University of New York showed that even silver with electrical stimulation can uh, stimulate uh, uh, stem cell effect in, in the body. Hmm. Okay. Are there any other treatments that you'd like to mention, Daniel, or a take-home message for parents? Um, we also uh, did uh, colloidal gold. Uh, you know, gold is a, is a superconductor. That's why they put it on the ends of your cable wires for your high-definition TV to increase the electrical signal on your high-definition TVs. Well, your brain works on uh, electricity as well. Your whole body is electrical current. And there's a small pilot study, and it's on my website, showing that it increased the IQ by 20%. Hmm. So we did that. Then uh, in November of uh, of uh, oh, wait, we introduced the mesokinal stem cell. I read a paper showing that uh, there was a switch to turn off the autism, and there was a gene in the brain that fluctuates that could 
if it could turn off, could turn off the inflammation in the brain and the immune system. And then I read another paper showing how the mesokinol can just do just that. So that's why uh, in uh, in November of we, we introduced the mesokinol stem cell into uh, through protocol. Mm-hmm. And uh, great success with that. And also two weeks ago, I had the mesokinol and the CD34 injected into his spine mm-hmm. to go into his brain to get to his pastor. How's he doing? He's doing uh, phenomenal. You know, he's learning a second language. We got the wow. Rosetta Stone, uh, Spanish, and he's uh, learning Spanish now. Wow. Yeah. Way cool. Yeah, and his pediatrician, by the after the second one, just before the third treatment, his uh, pediatrician who didn't believe in the method got on Fox News and said she she'd never seen a a child recover the way uh, my son's recovering. Oh, that's oh. excellent, Daniel. Yes. Well, thank you to you and Ruth for having the courage to forge a path and helping your son. Thank you. You said you have a website? Yeah, recoveringmatthew.blogspot.com. Okay. Does that have your book there, too? or? Yeah, it has a link where they could purchase the book from Amazon. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for being on with us today. We have um, an announcement that came across the computer this morning from the National Autism Association, um, an NAA action alert, the Preventing Harmful Restraint and Seclusion in Schools Act. This is uh, the introduction of H.R. 4247, uh, the Preventing Harmful Restraint and Seclusion in Schools Act by Chairman George Miller and Kathy McMorris-Rogers. This is critical and necessary uh, to beginning to end dangerous and even deadly restraint and seclusion practices in our special education classrooms. So um, I would really encourage all listeners to go to the website that the National Autism Association has set up so that you can um, simply take two minutes to support this long overdue federal legislation that will serve to protect our most vulnerable school children. Uh, you click and ask committee members for their support. Here's the website, http colon forward slash forward slash n-a-a dot Kintera, that's k-i-n-t-e-r-a dot org forward slash action center again, n-a-a dot k-i-n-t-e-r-a dot org forward slash action center. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for being with us this week. Oh, thanks for having me. And to our guests, uh, to our listeners, excuse me, my guest next week will be Dan Burns. He's the author of Saving Ben, A Father's Story of Autism. We really need to applaud these fathers who are going to the ends of their earth for their children. And um, I would encourage listeners to also visit the Autism One website, www.autismone.org, for information about the Autism One Generation Rescue 2010 conference, Autism Redefined, over 140 speakers. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Enzymedica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.